This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. This is a special Changemaker episode of the podcast and in this episode I'm speaking to Justine Williams who is the founder of Our Family Dog and that is a website and resource for new pet parents who need to basically work out how to cope with their new dog. So Justine's background is in animal welfare, she worked for the RSPCA for many years and then she went and trained in human behaviour um, and decided that she would create something that's basically Mumsnet for dogs. So it's a really, really interesting concept. I hope you enjoy this episode. And what she's talking, what her aim to do is, is to provide a roadmap out of lockdown for puppies and for puppy parents. So we hear loads about providing a roadmap out of lockdown for us humans. She's aiming to do it for puppies and people who have adopted dogs in lockdown. So I hope you find this interesting. Do go and check out her website as well. If you're a pet professional, she would love to hear from you. Um, She wants to hear from people who can collaborate with her and who can um, be part of her community. So do go and get in touch. I hope you find this podcast as interesting as I did. And I think we do need a roadmap out of lockdown um, for puppies and for dogs. So I think what she's doing is absolutely fantastic. So now on for the main part of the show. Okay, so hi, Justine. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Rachel. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no, it's great to have you here. So can you tell me, first of all, a little bit, can you just tell me who you are and what it is that you do, first of all? So um, I'm Justine Williams, and I'm the founder of a website called Our Family Dog, um, which provides advice and support to first-time dog owners. Fantastic. Okay, so we have been chatting on the um, on the pet working Twitter chat hour for a while, actually, haven't we? About various different things, and then we've we've obviously had a call, and now we're talking about what it is that you do. Um, so I know a little bit about your background as well, um, which is why I've invited you to come and talk to me today. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about your background and how um, you know what you how have you kind of got involved with the pet world in the first place, and, and how that's brought you to where you are today? So I've spent most of my working life um, working in animal welfare and for much of that time at the RSPCA and uh, for a lot of my time at the RSPCA um, I uh, worked on their campaigns. I was um, sort of managed their their campaigns team for a number of years Um, and although we worked across a range of animal welfare issues so this could be anything from pet ownership right through to um, you know meat consumption um, I I specialized in uh, the pet ownership issues so um, you know some of the issues that I worked on were things like sort of increasing cat neutering rates um, in the UK Um, people don't often realize that the UK has um, as big a stray cat problem as um, you know sort of countries like Spain or Greece where it's very visible Um, in fact a lot of our our cats just end up in centers so a lot of work around um, how to increase cat neutering rates and working with the other animal welfare organizations to to achieve that. Um, Work to improve the welfare of pet rabbits 
bits. Um, and of course, um, the, the the work that has sort of led me on to where I am now, which was sort of focused on um, improving dog welfare. So um, some of those issues were around, for instance, um, pedigree dog um, health and welfare, um, but also looking at things like the puppy trade um, and um, how to kind of improve sort of dog ownership and, and reduce the relinquishment of dogs to rescue centres. Okay, so can you tell me about how you went from working at the RSPCA and when you how um, and when you decided to launch what you're doing now? Then, so how did all that come about? So when I was at the RSPCA, uh, there, there was a, you know, sort of a piece of work that we were looking at was um, around the relationship between um, the impulse purchase and relinquishment of dogs to rescue centres. Yeah. And you know, so trying to understand what we could do to um, a- address that problem and, and sort of tackle that relationship. Um, we did some research with um, dog owners to um, you know, kind of understand that link and uh, identified this sort of mismatch between the expectations expectations and reality of, of dog ownership. And that's something that's been um, reinforced by other sort of research studies that have you know, sort of identified this mismatch too. And um, it, it kind of got me thinking at the time that, uh, you know, and listening to people talking about their experiences of dog ownership and that that sort of feeling of like, oh, my goodness, what have I done? Um, why didn't anybody warn me? Um, it made me realize just how similar it was to parenting. And, um, you know, I was possibly not necessarily a new parent at that time, but, you know, um, I um, would have my my um, uh, daughter would have been sort of quite young at the time so kind of I could have I could relate to sort of what they were saying about their puppies and you know sort of in the in the context of how that applied to me um, as a as a parent and uh, um, and as a new parent um, I I sort of spent a lot of time kind of you know getting information um, you know looking online looking on websites like Mumsnet and you know sort of baby center and uh, you know those sorts of websites and uh, you know just just to kind of you know find out whether how, what I was experiencing, how I was feeling was sort of, you know, normal. And, um, you know, what those websites did was, was sort of help to normalize um, parenting. And that's what made me think, well, this is kind of what we need for dog owners. You know, we need a kind of mum's net equivalent for, for dog owners. So that was the original idea, which was sort of, you know, quite a few years ago. Um, and, uh, and it you know, sort of more recently, I, um, so again, kind of off the back of my work at the RSPCA, I sort of developed an interest in human behavior change because um, when you're looking at, at, at sort of animal welfare issues, you know, sort of pet ownership issues, you know, it's it, it's no point in just sort of looking at um, the and the issues in relation to just the animals as, as well. You know, there is always a person kind of attached to the issue that you're trying to address. So I started to develop an interest in human behavior change and took myself off to university, to the University of Derby, um, yeah. to study, um, I did a, a postgraduate certificate in behavior change. And while I was there and, and learning about kind of human behavior change, I, I I shared with one of my lecturers the idea of a kind of a mum's net um, equivalent for, for dog owners. Yeah. And you know, she's a dog owner herself. And she just said, this is a brilliant idea. You know, you, you should you should you should go for it. And that sort of propelled me forward to, to do something. I was lucky to um, come into a little bit of, of um, money and um, sort of talked it through with my husband and just said, you know, I really want to bring this idea to life, you know, just to see yeah. whether it works. And, you know, so that was 2019 um, and the idea for our family dog was brought to life. 
Wow. Okay. So I absolutely love this. And I love, um, I love speaking to people who kind of have that light bulb moment and they find that missing piece in the jigsaw that people really need because I don't have children myself, but um, I know I'm, you know, in my forties now. And I know when my friends were having kids in the thirties, um, how helpful Mumsnet was and other similar websites, you know, and being on there in the small hours and stuff and just having people who you could relate to in a community was so, so important. And as you say, there are so many parallels between um, what we have, you know, the feelings that we have as new pet owners, whether that's with a new puppy or a rescue dog, um, to what we have, I guess, as parents as well. And and I guess as parents, it's a, it's kind of harder, isn't it? There's a lot more to, there is a lot, it feels a lot more of a step to, you know, relinquish a baby or a child compared to a dog. And sadly, we're in this throwaway culture as well, aren't we? And having something that that can stop that is a really, really a really amazing thing and having a community as well is really fantastic so I absolutely love what you do um and the whole mum's net like well you know don't you because you've got a comms background haven't you so you totally get it you need to have that kind of catchy title mum's net for parents mum's net for dogs mum's net for pets it's like yeah people get it straight away don't they so what kind of um when you so obviously you had your, your support from your husband and your family but when you were kind of in the in the early days of setting this up what was what kind of response did you get from people um, it, it was it was very well received and, uh, you know, it was very much kind of, you know, starting from scratch. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in um, forums and, um, you know, in Facebook groups, sort of really trying to get to grips with what the issues were that people were experiencing so that I could, um, you know, put together kind of the right sort of information for them. And, and also very much, you know, sort of drawing on the parenting websites, you know, what sort of language did they use? How did they, mm-hmm. um, you know, how, how were they able to support... Um, um, you know, parents, and you know that's really important. And I, I think that a lot of the um, information that's available for pet owners is very much geared towards this is what your dog needs, which obviously is really important. But um, what was quite clear was that our family dog needed to be sort of slightly different in tailoring the advice to what dog owners needed as well. So if we can create happy dogs, we can create happy owners. So. Um, and, you know, and I think that that sort of, you know, mismatch between the expectations and, and reality of, of dog ownership created unhappiness, you know, so you, by that point you had yeah. unhappy owners and then they were seeing the problems with their dogs, you know, as problems and, um, you know, trying to find information online or, or speaking to friends for, you know, to get advice and maybe not getting the right sort of help or advice that they needed, maybe getting bad um, you know, sort of quality information and uh, um, or signposting to dog trainers who don't use sort of um, positive reinforcement and, uh, you know, use old fashioned techniques and things. So, mm-hmm. um, it, but in terms of kind of getting it up and running and off the ground, I mean, it was, um, it, it got off to a flying start and the feedback was very positive. Um, it, yeah, launched where we just over 18 months ago um, and it's just going from strength to strength. Yeah, I think what you just said there about um, about us turning to Google for, well, we turn to Google for everything, don't we? But um, Google TV programs and magazines, often you you get loads of different conflicts in advice, don't you, as a, as a dog owner? Um, and I find, I, I think I, sp- I spoke about this a couple of podcasts ago, People, a few people um, who I know who were talking about a TV show and something that had appeared in a magazine and that it was methods that, that were 
you know, that they didn't agree with or that weren't very progressive. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because we can talk about that all day. But I think that really important thing that you're getting across here is having a trusted place that people can go to um, and kind of a nurturing community um, is really is really that's that's what people are crying out for isn't it when they're up in the middle of the night with a puppy or you know the like one of my friends she's got a puppy the puppy keeps nipping her children and I think gosh it's 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 hard isn't it and it is about yes it's all we see so much about the owner but also it's the emotional journey that uh, about the dog it's the emotional journey that we go through as owners as well and having to give a pet over having to give a pet into a rescue or hand them back to a breeder is it's horrendous isn't it and anything we can yeah, do to no, prevent absolutely. that yeah and it's you know so going back to that um, initial piece of research that we did back at the rspca um it was the the, the sort of how owners were feeling was um you know they were feeling very bad they were feeling guilty um about you know their dogs i don't think um there was this uh yes we live in a throwaway society but there because this mismatch exists you know between the expectations and reality of dog ownership they were they were entering dog ownership thinking it was one thing finding it was something else and then just tying themselves up in knots to try and sort of rectify it so um they it, it is about kind of providing a, a through our family dog a kind of like a supportive you know empathetic you know uh, approach so that um you know pe people can kind of feel safe and you know come to us and you know get a little bit of you know sort of support and, and advice to, um that's good quality and sort of then point them in the right direction and yeah not feel judged that's one thing we want to avoid mm -hmm. so tell me about what kind of things people can people can learn about at our family dog what kind of resources have you got there so there's there's two key components to our family dog and the, the first is about um better preparing people for dog ownership. So we've just launched a getting a puppy e-learning course and that covers everything from what to think about, you know, in terms of selecting the right type of dog um, for your lifestyle. So, um, you know, it, it's this is a tricky one because people often um, they like the look of a dog or they had a particular breed as a, as a child or, um, you know, friends and family have a, you know, sort of, particular breed of dog and they want one too so um you know things like sort of cabapoos um and uh you know the those sort of you know sort of cross breeds of dogs and things at the moment and are you know particularly popular but they are you know very energetic dogs and they don't yeah. necessarily suit everybody's lifestyle so it's just you know the, the starting point is helping people to think about um what is the best type of dog for their lifestyle and then how to um buy or get a puppy uh, safely and responsibly. Um, safety yeah. is kind of key um, to this as well. And then um, it's about kind of preparing people for dog ownership. Now, preparation is is very much the crux of what we're all about. So I think, and, and that's kind of what's been lacking so far is um, helping people to um, prepare for what, you know, it's not just about preparing by this is what you need to buy or, um, you know, getting, you know, the, the a collar, lead, food bowls, etc. It's about what do you need to do to adjust your lifestyle to be able to accommodate your your puppy, and thinking about things like puppy, a puppy's need for companionship in those um, you know early months, and what this means for your lifestyle. As in, you can't really go out, and uh, you can't just leave them at home and go to work, and th those sorts of issues. So, the, that's a big piece around sort of preparation. But the other side to our family dog is. Um, 
it's about providing that lifeline. So as we said, we know this mismatch between the expectations and reality of, of dog ownership exists. Um, so many people, they'll get a puppy and then they hit the panic button. Yeah. So our role is to be there at that point of them hitting that panic button. So providing mm -hmm. that lifeline, it's like, here we are, here's the help and support that, that you need. It's quite normal how you're feeling. The puppy please is quite normal. Um, yes, you've got a, a baby shark and you know your, your puppy is <laughs> pooing and weeing everywhere. It's quite normal. You will get through it. And this is how. Yeah. It's so interesting because um, I've, got, I've got a client in my membership um, community called Becky and she did she's also um, she's created an app and a community and she's done amazingly well she had investment she's been working at it for a long time but she had investment last year and it's doing really well and that all came about because she had the puppy blues and I remember interviewing her when it all when she first had the idea and it all came about she was telling me about what happened with her dog and I was interviewing her because she wanted some help with the press release and I was thinking okay what's the story here what's you know how am I going to angle this and then she said I had the puppy blues and I was like that's the angle because she created it was different to what you've done hers is more a um it's more of a community it's called canine nation and um it's where you can access walks where you can make friends with other um other dog owners other pet parents you can find groomers um service providers in your area and and you know it's like a community thing so it's different because it's not advice it's more community and that kind of thing but hers was exactly really similar um experience and addressing that need of you know you don't have to be on your own which is great and it's just great that we've got the internet now as well isn't it and so much more help is out there isn't isn't it Absolutely. And I think, you know, I really love the sound of, of um, K9 Nation as well as sort of creating that that community and, uh, you know, that wider support. So, yeah. Um, and it's great to hear Becky's story. So she's there are many Beckys out there. Um, I was chatting to I went out for a walk yesterday evening and uh, um, chatted to a neighbor who has recently got a puppy. And yeah. um, I say recently, probably you know, her puppy must be six months old now. And she was saying that, you know, she remembers the first week wondering what on earth she'd done and yeah. you know, actually considering, should should I give him back? Um, and then, you know, once she got past that, she said the first three months were the hardest. And now that she's through that, life is starting to to adjust to some you know, sort of normality, if we can call it normal right now. Yeah. But uh, um, things are sort of starting to settle. But she said those first three months, she had absolutely no idea. Um, and And it was really tough. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Definitely. We've um, we had a cocker spaniel puppy growing up, but that was when I was I was at university, so it was when I was like nineteen that we got Charlie. So I just kind of dip in, have the cuddles, and then go back off to university. And then, as an adult, I've had adult dogs. So I got Daisy when she was five, and I got Patch when he was two. So I've never had the puppy thing as a you know where it's just been like my puppy. So I can totally um, I can imagine how hard it must be because I've got a few friends now who've got puppies, and they're talking about you know the the craziness and the sleepless nights and all the other things that go with it. So it's hard, isn't it? Um, I wanted to ask you as well about um, about what it's been like in lockdown. So I know you've had your, you've been up and running for, you were up and running before, um, you know, lockdown happened. But what kind of things have you seen with um, our family dog over the last year that were different to, you know, life before COVID? So I think that the main thing has been the sheer amount of traffic that um, has, has you know, the sheer number of visitors to the website, really, that, um, you know, are the um, numbers of people sort of obviously seeking advice has has increased significantly. Um, mm -hmm. Thankfully, a lot of people are finding their way to our family dog. But 
it we've seen a you know a huge increase and you know and that very much fitted with um the time that everybody started talking about the um pandemic puppies yeah um i think it's i'm i'm fascinated by the whole um pandemic puppy phase and you know what what has sort of caused that and i think there are so many factors um and you know it, it, i think everybody knows someone or two or three people that have have got a puppy um during lockdown and you know for for many you know that that's that's been great you know everybody's been at home it's been a, a almost like a perfect opportunity to to settle a puppy in but the difficulty is that we are living in unusual times you know this isn't this isn't normal you know we're, we're all at home and um i think that the problems uh you know with are only will, will only just start to kind of emerge as we move out of lockdown so uh, you know the biggest one i think that we're going to see is um is around sort of puppies having or you know and dogs having to get used to um being alone at home as their um owners return to work as the children go back to school um and that's something that i'm i'm looking at at the moment just like what can we do to kind of ramp up that advice and support to to, yeah. to give people the tools to prepare for, um, you know, post lockdown, you know, lots of animal welfare organisations are highlighting their concerns about, you know, the post pandemic puppies, the um, rise in behaviour problems that might stem from this, um, you know, puppies that have got dogs that have got used to sort of spending time you know with their owners and you know and what that might mean so it is really just trying to think ahead um but it's again going back to you know thinking about you know human behavior change and how um and the need to kind of step into um you know the shoes of dog owners to kind of it, human behavior change is all about um you know it, you can you, you can kind of help people to change by better understanding why they do and don't do things. So, yeah. you know, with, with dog owners, it's, um, you know, we, we need to really sort of step into their shoes and sort of see things from their perspective. And I think right now it's probably very hard for people to kind of see problems with their dogs that might yeah. materialize that the animal welfare organizations are, are concerned about um, that you know, our family dog is concerned about that, um, but it's kind of so it's, we've got to try and find ways to sort of help people to sort of prepare in the same way that the kind of the government is preparing this roadmap. Yeah. You know, we almost need to develop a roadmap for kind of our puppies as well. So that's just sort of something that, you know, we've been thinking about that, um, you know, how do we best help people to prepare their dogs for life post lockdown? Yeah, you know, what I was, when you were talking and my, my, my mind was whirring and I was thinking it's so interesting talking to you because you've got the animal welfare background then you've got the human behavior background and you've now got the background of what you're doing with my family dog um, and all of your experience with the RSPCA for a long long time so I would love to know and I hope you don't mind me asking you this I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit but what are your I know you you don't have a crystal ball unless you haven't you haven't told me um but what what do you think lies ahead so we're we're doing recording this right at the end of February we're looking to come out of lockdown in properly in June 2021 so if people are listening in the future but people are listening kind of in the months going up to when we leave lockdown what do you think is going to happen um you know when things return to when we when we're all back at work and there are no more lockdowns. So in 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 the context of um you know people with their dogs. Yeah. Is that yeah, okay. Yeah. So I think that um well 
I guess there's two scenarios, isn't there? There's the best case and there's the worst case. Um, you know, the worst case is that uh, we could see um, an increase in relinquishment of dogs to rescue centres or because of the very high prices um, that people have paid for their dogs, that if they find that they can no longer look after them, that they they try to sell them on. Um, yeah, that's probably more of a concern because um, once they start in that sort of cycle of, of being sold privately, it's, yep. you know, who, who knows where they end up. On the best case um, you know, scenario is that um, we now, because we do have a, a roadmap out of lockdown, that, yeah. that this provides the time for people to um, think about what their dogs need. Um, and, uh, you know, while they're thinking about kind of their own, own lives and what that means for, for them in terms of, you know, returning to work, um, then, you know, hopefully that will create enough space for people to think, OK, well, what do I need to do with my um, for my dog? So. I'm an optimist. I'm hoping for the best outcome, but um, sadly, I suspect it will be sort of somewhere um, in between. Yeah, really interesting. Um, and it's, it's so fascinating talking to you, Justine, um, because I, as you know, with my journalist hat on, I've been kind of writing about pets quite a lot in lockdown. And I remember going back like a year ago and, you know, when we first locked down, so just under a year ago, and what people were kind of predicting. And I remember the first prediction was that loads of dogs are going to get dumped in rescue centres because people are going to lose their jobs and they can't afford them. Then I was getting in touch with rescue centres and they were saying, oh my gosh, we've got people banging the doors down wanting to take dogs. And we had this lovely situation where people were taking dogs from rescue centres. Then we had the puppy boom. Then we've had all the, the you know, the, there are concerns because there are so many puppies out there and there's only so many kennel club registered breeders or ethical breeders out there where are all these puppies coming from. Then I've been um, speaking to, I have, you know, editors getting in touch saying, have you got any um, rescue centres who've had puppies handed in? So you then speak to the rescue centres and they haven't had them handed in because they're all being sold. Any unruly puppies are being generally being sold on, aren't they? Because they've been, they've just been, um, the prices have been so inflated that people want to get the money back. So it's just been such a strange time that no one can predict, can they? But um I think the whole providing a roadmap out for for new puppy owners and what you're doing at, at my at our family dog is that's that I guess that's your focus, isn't it? About that roadmap back to reality, that's and who right. knows what yes. that's going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's it is uh, it's very as you said. If we all had a crystal ball, that would be wonderful. It's really difficult to to know what's going on. Um, I kind of I feel hopeful that because we have been in you know lockdown um, or you know some people have been on furlough for a, li- a long period of time that. Um, there might have been enough time for most people to have, um, you know, really bonded with their dogs, got mm-hmm. through those sort of tricky stages. And then hopefully it is just a few tweaks um, to, you know, sort out the, the sort of changes in routine. Um, yeah. But obviously be, for people who have more recently acquired a dog, then you know, I think that will be a, more challenging. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, making sure they've got the tools to be able to um, make those changes to sort of support the needs of their dogs are, are really important. Yeah. And um I wanted to ask as well with with your website. I know we talked um, we talked earlier about a couple of dog trainers who um, and behaviourists who 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 are helping you and who I've introduced you to and that kind of thing. Um, I wondered, um, do you with the website and with the community and everything? Do you kind of do you find yourself signposting people to um, like local trainers and and support in their area, or is that the kind of thing that you do? 
Um, we don't signpost specifically to local trainers mm-hmm. or behaviorists, but we do have um, a set of guiding principles. Mm-hmm. Um, in it, so in, in which kind of sets out who overall kind of who we signpost to. So yeah. as we talked about earlier there, um, there's a lot of, well, the dog training and behavior industry is unregulated. So a lot of people kind of operating as trainers and behaviorists without um, any sort of formal professional qualifications. Um, there's a, a body called the Animal Behavior and Training Council um, that has has kind of been set up to improve the standards for um, dog training and behavior. Um, and so we've made the decision to kind of signpost to, to, to them and to their members. And that, you know, they represent a number of different organizations who... Yeah represent behaviorists and and trainers um so it's not just a very small number um Mm -hmm. and hopefully that will sort of grow over time but that just gives us um some you know something to sort of clearly signpost people to where we feel happy that you know the standards are um, good that people will get good quality advice and support if if needed Um, and then the other side uh you know under those guiding principles is that we also um encourage people to look for um pet services so you know groomers sitters walkers etc who are members of the pet industry federation mm-hmm. um again lots of people operating um and you know sort of providing a service but it's just for for, for the to to ensure the kind of the health and you know happiness and welfare of dogs we just want to make sure that people are signposted to 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 true professionals so um yeah, yeah that that's how we, we've sort of set ourselves up I think um, I know we, there's been a couple of phrases and words that we've we've used while we've been chatting, but things like positive reinforcement and ethical training and 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 ethical grooming and all of those things. I guess being on a being on a platform and in a community like yours, you seeing you seeing that language. So when you're looking for service providers, you know what you're looking for a little bit more rather than just kind of. I remember years ago, like when I had my old dog Daisy, and I went to a dog trainer, and I just you know I literally went in the yellow pages and found dog trainer, um, and he was not he was not very progressive um and whereas now I'm surrounded I, I hear so much and, and I feel like I know a lot more then I know I know a lot more now than I did then so I think even that side of things would just being part of your community would steer them in the direction of people who are going to be you know looking after their dog in the best way possible wouldn't wouldn't it um so I guess leading on from that um sorry come on what were you can say <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was just get, just going to agree entirely with what, what you were saying there, really, that, uh, you know, we're still in that um, sort of transition period between, um, you know, old school dog training and this this sort of concept of, um, you know, the, the pack leadership and, you know, the new sort of positive reinforcement reward based training. And, you know, we, we've still got a little way to go with that. But yes, our family dog is all about sort of steering in that direction of, of reward based um, positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next question I was going to ask you before I went waffling on, sorry about that, was um, what, I guess, what ultimately do you hope that um, our family dog will achieve? So our mission is to uh, better prepare people for dog ownership. So again, mm-hmm. it comes back to that preparation piece that um, if we can um, help to address that mismatch between the expectations and and reality of dog ownership by better preparing people for dog ownership then you know we will create happy dogs and happy owners and you know ultimately that's that's what this is all about i think it's it's very achievable uh, lots of work to do lots of new kind of social norms to create um you know and for people to kind of recognize that um yeah dog ownership is hard um but i think if we can if we can 
help people to kind of really feel prepared, get prepared, know what they're letting themselves in for and be there to support those, um, you know, who, who do struggle, which is quite normal, um, then, then we're doing a good job. Definitely. And, you know, um, it's great hearing you talk about what you do. And it's great that you've, I love, you know, the whole mum's net for dogs. Um, it's just fantastic. But the other thing that's really good is that I know that, there are the, you know, I speak to a lot of pet professionals, also not just dogs as well, you know, other animals. Um, and everyone's got this kind of, you know, the people who, who are kind of in my world community everyone has got the same you know everyone wants the same outcome they want to keep pets together they want to keep families um and families having a, a lovely healthy relationship with the pets and happy pets happy owners and and all of those things um so everyone's kind of moving towards the same goal which is which is a really great thing isn't it um i wanted to ask you as well um how can pet professionals become involved with um our family dog or how can they is there anything that you would because my i guess my listeners are predominantly pet professionals um, who are interested in learning more about how to promote the businesses um, and a community like yours might might offer something like that. So how can pet professionals get involved with what you're doing? Oh, I, I would love to hear from pet professionals who would like to work with us. Um, I, mm-hmm. I very much believe in collaboration and, um, and I think any pet professionals that are either members of the Pet Industry Federation or trainers and behaviourists that are approved by the Animal um, Behaviour and Training Council who would like to sort of share their expertise with our community, then I would, I would love to hear from them. So at the moment, um, we've worked with a number of professionals who have written um, sort, of, sort of expert uh, blog posts for us. Um, so that's something that you know we can currently offer um, and just in the process of developing the next phase um, of um, uh, you know support for, for new puppy owners um, you know for our family dog and you know there will be much greater opportunities to engage with professionals at that point as well so I do very much want us to be kind of a central resource hub um, very much that's about collaboration um, so if anybody would like to kind of get in touch and, and sort of talk about how they can share their expertise in ways that can help um, and will it be of use to first-time dog owners, I'd love to hear from them. Fantastic. Okay, well, that's a really great, um, really great thing to end on because I know, um, as I say, I'm always trying to encourage people to, to get themselves out there and this is a fantastic opportunity for that. So thank you. Um, and it's been wonderful hearing your story as well and getting yourself out there, which is, that's what this podcast is all about, isn't it? Um, so can you tell us about the best way for people to find out more about you and also to, um, you know, tell us, you, tell us your website link. I will put all the links in the show notes to this episode. So if you're listening on your computer, just have a look on, on the blog post. And if you're listening on an app, swipe up um but yeah i'm going to just think if you can just tell me where to find your website and your social media handles that would be great and then people can go and go and look you up okay so the website address is ourfamilydog.org.uk and you can find us on social media so facebook twitter instagram pinterest um, at ourfamilydoguk Fantastic. Okay. Well, it's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you, Justine. I think you've probably got a busy few months ahead of you as we come out of lockdown, um, dealing with all of the puppy parents. Um, But I absolutely take my hat off to you and all of that you're doing. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's been really good talking to you, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.